Welcome back to another episode of Broad Street LinkedIn. The Birds escaped Washington with a 38-31 to 31 win, but damn, this city refuses to let us watch a game without having a heart attack and wanting to kill ourselves. But we got the win. Um, before we jump into the Birds, you know, I've watched two Skinnies games this year start to finish. Obviously, those two being against the Birds. And... I, I just don't understand. Like, watching them start to finish, they look like a good team, if a very good team, a playoff team. And then you see them against other teams, and it's just – it makes no sense to me whatsoever. I mean, Howell how looks like Mahomes against us, can't miss a throw. Their atrocious O-line somehow figures it out against the best D-line in the league. I just I, – I can't make sense of it. Um, it's funny, with this gauntlet coming up, I'm – Still grateful that we are not playing the Commanders again, which is crazy to say. But I mean, I don't, I don't know what it is. I don't know if the enemy owns us, but God, they always look great against us, and I, I can't explain it. Um, but yeah, I'm Reed back on with Griff. Uh, what were your initial thoughts on that game, Griff? Well, just to jump off what you kind of just talked about, um, it'll go perfectly for my, my first. Uh, con or my first sell for uh, this game Sean Desai has had a great year I think he had an awful awful game plan you go back two weeks ago Giants terrible team I mean all around not a good team held the commanders to seven points they rushed five the entire time this is the most sacked team in the NFL we rushed four the entire time end up with one sack and give up 31 points I mean it's simple it's just it's stuff like that where it's like we're kidding ourselves trying to figure out how to stop Sam Howell when just look at the tape, you know, just rush five, just rush five. And we sit in like a soft zone and they have good receivers and Sam Howell had more, more than enough time to, to his receivers and, and our cornerbacks were getting burnt because they're sitting in that soft zone. It was, it was a tough game to watch. It was, it that, was a real tough game to watch. That's a great point. Like literally last week you saw the Giants defense blitz. The majority of plays, which again, I'm not saying look like blitz every play here, but exactly what you said. You watched it last week and it worked. And now you're like, okay, let's rush for the whole game and drop back. Like, I just I don't understand. But um, yeah, what was your first uh your first loser, your first sell of the week? So yeah, my sell was really that defensive game plan, but I also had the injuries. Uh we saw Mainly Jalen Hurts. Jalen Carter also went out too, but uh, Hurts really doesn't look healthy. He had a great game nonetheless, um, but he's definitely dealing with something. Um, last week he said he, he would hope it would go away by this week. He kind of didn't give anything about it. This week he took an hour to get it treated right after the game. I don't know if this is something that they're like trying to throw under the carpet, but um, – it clearly has to be addressed before we get towards the playoffs. And if it means like sitting out of some of these big games, so be it. If we, if it means he's healthy come playoff time. Yeah, totally. I, I actually had Carter and Hertz uh, in the honorable mentions, but you know, I had the same notes. It's kind of odd, right? They're, they're not letting 
anyone really know anything about what's going on. They're not disclosing any information. Uh, like you said, the only thing I could find was that the trainers tended to the injury for an hour after the game. Um, you know, he's such a tough guy. You, you kind of assume he's going to keep playing, but I think the bye week's coming at a good time. You know, tough matchup. It's Dallas week. Um, but, you know, after that, let's let the boys get rested and healthy. And um, I think, you know, make it to the bye, get healthy. Let's take care of business at home next week. But Carter, yeah. Carter as well, um, I really couldn't find much. It looked like right after the game, he was going to get an MRI to see if it was serious. And then I, I, I found nothing after that. And then Nick Sirianni today said, uh, he's feeling better today. Uh, we have to get out on the practice field to see how he's really feeling. But I don't know. It's kind of weird how we're not disclosing any information on injuries. I mean, maybe it's a game plan thing. I don't know. But, um, you know, the fans are worried. So so my first loser of the week might be a hot take here. But, I mean, it's literally my pet peeve. I've been saying it every fucking week. Uh, Brian Johnson. I get it. We scored 31 points on top of two red zone turnovers. We were three for three in the red zone besides those two red zone turnovers. Those red zone turnovers obviously weren't his fault, but Gainwell had two rushes at halftime and Swift had one. That's three rushing plays versus 25 passing plays. And we put up 10 points. Second half, Swift gets 15 carries and we put up 28. I just don't understand why we put ourselves in this situation where the defense has to do nothing to make us one-dimensional, and we just choose to be one-dimensional. I mean, it makes the job so much easier for the defense, and we have the best running game in the league. And I just, it drives me insane. I mean, three rushes in the first half is just inexcusable. It's inexcusable. And look, I understand we don't want to overwork Swift, why is Gainwell getting crucial touches in the red zone and third downs? And, you know, after that fumble, he actually did have a decent game, but I'm still not loving Gainwell's touches. I'm not loving his performance. And it's, I mean, I just, why not give Penny a shot? I think he complements Swift's game better. He's more of a power back. Um, I mean, Gainwell just is not looking that great. I don't know why we use him in these crucial situations. And uh, one thing I think you might talk about in our winners, but um, I love that there were no QB draws. I love that. However, is this because Jalen was hurt? And I kind of have a feeling it was, but Definitely. that almost makes this even worse. Like if you have a banged up quarterback, why not make his life easy and pound the rock? I just, I really don't understand. I, I wish we could bring him on and talk to him. I really do. I, <laughs> I just, I, I, I can't wrap my head around it. Run the damn ball. I just can't. But anyway, um, I've said it every week, so I'm not going to, you know. No, I agree. I really agree. Um, it, it really seems like these game plans are so skewed, and then we have to adjust and get back to, like, ourselves. And then we find the way to win by just doing the thing we've always done, <clears throat> which is a pain in the ass to watch because you, if you run the ball and it doesn't work, you have the weapons in the passing game. Like, you have A.J. Brown. I understand, like, we have weapons, but, like, they're only going to get better and have be more wide open if you establish a run game. Exactly. And it's not even that we're running the ball and getting stopped. It's like we're just choosing to be this one-dimensional offense, which takes away from everyone. I mean, uh, just 
it it kick it makes me want to uh but um anyways we've been talking about that every week so what was your second loser sell of the week so this has been like going on for a couple weeks i feel like i've noticed but we're just not closing halves or games well end of end of the first half we scored a touchdown there's 34 seconds left in the half they i mean it's a 61 yarder but like it was originally a 56, right? Then they got pushed back five yards. Like, why are that? If we ended up losing that game or it came down to where we needed a touchdown instead of a field goal, it's it's plays like that. And it, it's happened a couple of times this year where we're allowing like teams to walk all over us at the end of halves. And it's like prevent defense is just terrible. I mean, that's a known, but I just like watching the end of the first half, we let them get the field goal. Swift runs in the end zone. That's fine with two minutes left. I mean, I'm not going to be mad at points, but like, what is our defensive scheme to let Sam Howell go down the field in 30 seconds and score a touchdown on us? It was like closing, closing out a game and putting a team away is a huge sign of being like a experienced team. And we just cannot do it this year. Totally agree. And, you know, I like your consistency on this take. I was going to ask you this question later. You know, we've kind of had a similar similar situation earlier this year with that A.J. Brown touchdown. Um, I think this is a little bit different. And if Brian Westbrook taught us anything, I think Swift has to go down there. I mean, he has the first down. He goes down on the goal line, and we kneel out the game. They had no timeouts. And, look, obviously it's going to take a miracle for Washington to come back 14 down with a minute 50 left, no timeouts. But it almost happened. How marched down the field in 40 seconds – scored a touchdown, and if they get that onside kick, it's a game. And it's another coaching kind of good teams don't do this type of thing. Like, I have no doubt if the Belichick's in that situation, he's telling his guy, if you get the first down, go down. And uh, it's another, like, clock management thing that didn't end up hurting us. But, like, imagine this is a playoff game. Versus, or maybe imagine it's a Super Bowl and we give Mahomes a minute 52. And two and uh, he's a two score game. Like, I don't know. I just don't love that decision. I feel like we gotta manage. Like, like you said, manage the end of games better. So, yeah, especially when your defense is getting killed, and you know, confidence is a huge thing, especially for the D backs. They're getting killed. Like, you don't have to put them back on the field one more time. And then when you do, they get torched. I mean, it just the Cowboys are looking at that and like. There are holes in this defense. Like, there are definitely holes. And all it does is just give them more film of what works. And uh, I don't know. It just – I get it. Like, I, I don't hate the points. I really don't. Like, when you're up 14 with two minutes left, but situationally, like, I don't know. You know like, there is, there's definitely both sides to this. Yeah, um, I think this one leans a little bit – like, I'm more convicted on this one for sure. The AJ one, it was kind of up in the air because it was a third and six. Uh, a little bit more time left, but uh, I just I don't know. Like, why why even risk it? Why not just win the game? That, that yeah. And even if you kick a field goal with like thirteen seconds left, it's still way different, way different. So yeah, you know maybe I just talked myself out of it. But <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, my second loser sell of the week was the D line. Rare loser, rare loser. But kind of like what I said earlier, Commanders have one of the worst O lines in the league. They've given up the most sacks, allowing 5.1 a game, tied with the Giants. We had one sack all game. 
Granted, it was a huge game-clinching sack by Hassan. Dude is just a monster, always comes up clutch. But we virtually had no pressure all game. And granted, sure, yeah, Howell in the beginning of the game got the ball out quick to start. But he was still tearing us up with the deep ball. And it felt like he he just had way too much time back there. And the strength of our team is the D-line. We need them to perform week in and week out. And we didn't see that today. One sack against this O-line is just unacceptable. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I just think we would have way more success if we rushed five. And, like, you think our D-line should get there in four, but if they can't handle five, why even send four? Send five. And, like, I don't know, it was the play. I just didn't like the, the game plan versus a team we've already seen this year. Yeah, and they did the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, so what was your third loser? So the turnovers continue to um, kind of haunt this team. Uh, the Jalen Hurts one was tough. I mean, honestly, I was kind of happy that play went bad so that people can shut up around the league because it's kind of annoying just to hear about it week in, week out, how it should be banned. But turnovers continue to kind of haunt us. Um, you kind of think what games would look like if we're not keeping the ball up in like such big situations. We did – Get it back with a blanket ship. That was a huge interception. But, yeah, someone we need to clean up moving forward for sure. Yeah, this was actually my third loser as well. Uh, the only reason it wasn't higher because, I mean, I don't know. Like, that fumble was poor execution, kind of like a freak accident. Gainwell just needs to hold on to the ball. But, yeah, I mean, this is another game where we lose the turnover battle, right? And teams that lose the turnover battle lose 75% of the time. So yeah. it's great that we're finding ways to win. Uh, it shows signs that we're resilient. We're a good team. But clean it up. Clean it up. That's the biggest difference from this year to last year is the turnovers are just killing us. Um, but, yeah, I agree. That was that was my third loser as well. I'll jump into some honorable mentions real quick. Um, one is the secondary. Look, I get it. It's our seventh, our seventh different starting group on the year. But – I know Eagles fans aren't going to love to hear this, but I think it's clear as day. Bradbury and Slay are just not the corners they were last year. I'm not saying sell them, trade them. We need help instead of them, replacing them. They're still solid corners, but they're not even close to what they were last year. I mean, last year we were saying they're both top five corners. They were locking down everybody. And uh, there's clearly been some regression this year. Um, not like – too worried you know they're veterans i'm hoping you know they'll step up their game but just not the same there you know byard byard played okay you know it's his first week we can't expect much i expect him to figure it out but it's not like he was the all pro that we were expecting but not putting any negative on him it's his first week um but anytime you let howell go 39 for 52 for 307 397 yards and four touchdowns you had a bad day <laughs> it's clear as that yeah, I agree with that. I mean, Bradbury specifically for seven targets, four receptions for 70 yards and two touchdowns. And it's clear that, you know, he was targeted, especially on the deep ball. And uh, then you watch them play the Dolphins and they locked them down. You know, Tyreek Hill still went off, but like seven points. So it's just like, I just don't know what this team, I'm not sold. I'm not sold. I feel like I should be. They got the best record in football. <laughs> the, I don't know. You watch the games and like, there's no like dominance. Definitely like, like the intro, I swear to God, this city, like any team, just we can't just take care of business. They have to make us 
our BPM be like 150 every game. And it's just, oh, takes years off our, our lives, bro. But let's move on to some positives. Who was your first winner of the week? It's got to be A.J. Brown, but uh, I might throw a tandem for the uh, wide receiver core because got to shout out Julio Jones. Thought he was a tight end when I first saw that play. I was like, who the hell is that? And that's sweet, though. I mean, I never thought in my life I'd see Julio Jones running around in a Eagles jersey catching touchdowns. But him and A.J. Brown, I mean, more A.J. Brown set the NFL record. He's just absolutely a monster. Best receiver in the NFL by far. Shout out to wide receiver and core. It was, it was an epic game. I mean, it's just unbelievable. My first winner was also Arthur Juan Brown. A man among boys. I, I seriously can't remember. I don't think it's ever happened, honestly. A time where I watched an Eagles game, and I was like, why, that wide receiver won us the game. Like I, I truly, truly have never remembered feeling that, and I felt that way this game. I mean, every time we needed something, every time a play mattered, it's just AJ, every time. And it's amazing to see how much Hurts trusts him, you know? He's not open on like 50% of these plays. He's not. Yeah. And Hertz will just throw it up. I mean, Hertz does deliver a phenomenal deep ball, one of the best in the league. I don't know how it's not talked about more, but I mean, just his trust in AJ to go up and get it, which he's been doing. And that one-handed grab, I mean, catch of the year, come on. That was unbelievable. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I mean, eight targets, eight receptions, 130 yards, two touchdowns. Obviously broke Megatron's record. Um, and he can also just, I mean, I'm kind of stealing this from some of the Philly radio guys, but he can run any route in the route tree. And I didn't really pay attention to that until this week. But there's guys that, you know, that's why you have three receivers. So you have guys that have specialties in different routes and areas. AJ can run anything. And he's always open. He consistently beats double teams. I, I think the debate's over. He's clearly at least top two in the league right now. The only guy I would accept is Tyreek, maybe. But he's just unbelievable. And, you know, this is the first time that the Eagles have had the guy receiver. We talked about this last week, but you know, I was really thinking about it. Yeah, T.O. had a great 21 games here. You know, D-Jack and, and Macklin were great. Uh, Alshon was great. But like you said, arguably the best receiver in the NFL. And it's yeah, we haven't had that. Yeah, such a luxury, and it's fun to watch, man. Just throwing it. Yeah, it really is. AJ, but um, yeah. So same first winner. What was your second winner? Um, I mean, I feel like I'm just doing the obvious ones here, but like Jalen Hurts is just such a beast. I I think after this week, he's probably the MVP favorite. With and Tua didn't have a terrible game, but. I don't know. Mahomes had a terrible game. Um, it'll it's probably Jalen Hurts' favorite. And he's so humble. Like watching him play, he he's just so calm, so poised. Like, and I I never had a doubt that I thought we were gonna lose the game, honestly. I was like worried about our play, but once we made it within a touchdown to go into the second half, I was like, there's no hurts, doesn't get the job done. Yeah, I felt the same way making this list because I also had Hurts number two. Um, I feel like we're kind of just being obvious here. But, I mean, how can you not give it to him, right? 29 for 38, 319 yards, four touchdowns, no picks, 135, seven passer rating. And also he's playing through an injury. Like, what a beast. 
um, you know, limping real bad after that Smith incomplete catch um, when trying to get to the line of scrimmage. And, you know, only six yards rushing. So Jalen was dialed throwing the ball through the air today. Um, and it's funny you yeah. mentioned the MVP odds because I don't know if you saw, but DraftKings, for bettors who bet on Jalen Hurts to win MVP before the season started, they're offering cash out at plus 200. So if you bet 500 on Jalen Hurts MVP before the season, the cash out right now is a grand. Wow. It's crazy. They're double. They're offering double on the cash out at the moment. So that that proves. I mean, you're, that proves your point. I think Hertz will definitely be the favorite after this week. Love yeah, him. yeah, it's awesome. And then with that, I, I kind of just this is kind of my third uh, pro. It's that the the rest of the league really struggled in week eight of the top dogs, and uh, that pushed the Eagles right into time for best odds to win the Super Bowl. So us and the Chiefs, and I, we'll we'll see it in three weeks i was first the chiefs so if the odds say the same that's your projected two world matchup and i like our odds to be the chiefs even if it's an arrowhead chiefs are struggling right now they're struggling the eagles are rolling so hopefully we can you know go through a little adversity so that we're not like too high on our horses going into arrowhead but i think that that'll be a great game so eagles yeah it's got to be a pro eagles are projected to at least come out of the nfc now love it Love it. Thank God I took it preseason. <laughs> <laughs> My third winner was Hassan Reddick. I mean, this dude just makes plays. Whenever we seem to need it, he always pulls through. Um, obviously, fourth and five, game-clinching strip sack, first sack of the game. And another thing this week, I mentioned it last week, I'm just so impressed at his ability to make open field tackles against these players. I mean, I was racking my brain. Can you think of another player, like, in the entire league that racks up sacks numbers that he does and just open field one-on-one versus guys like Raheem Mostert can make that tackle? Like, I can't think of a single guy. I mean, Michael Parsons. Oh, yeah. Michael Parsons is a similar player. That's some that skill set. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, to be compared to Michael Parsons is – I mean, I don't like the Cowboys, but Mike Parsons, he's a PA guy. So we can show him a little respect. Um, but, yeah, we'll find out next week. We'll find out next week. Speaking of Micah, oh, my God, this was so funny. He, you know, obviously has his podcast. And he, like, was talking talking to the Cowboys fans. He was like, you know, Dallas Nation, you know, I want you to show out in Philly. I want you guys to make some noise for us. We know how it's going to be in Philly. And all the comments were just clowning him. There was, like, did you know, like, all the tickets are already sold out? Like, just the funniest gift responses. I mean, come on, dude. You you seriously think the link will ever be taken over by any fan base, let alone against Dallas? Like, come on, brother. Come on. But, I mean, respect to him for trying, but it's not going to happen. I was like, like, seriously, dude? You know nothing? <laughs> it's it's, it's going to be the loudest it's been all year. Oh, I can't wait. Dude, it's Dallas week. Let's get fired up. Honestly, it might mean more than the Niners week right now with the Niners playing like absolute shit. Yeah. Seahawks at the top of the NFC North. Who would have thought? It's crazy. But tell me I haven't been saying that all year. I'm just not scared of the Niners. I don't know why. I feel like we have their number. I feel like not even when they were playing well. And remember, we talked about this week four or five. We said they have played nobody. 
And I think the biggest surprise to most people is the defense. Because, oh, yeah, that defense looks so good against, like, the worst teams in the league. I mean, when you play good teams, like, I mean, it's not even like they're playing great teams, but I don't know. That's the biggest thing that I honestly wasn't expecting, that their defense to look like this. And I think it's yeah. a bigger problem than their offense because obviously Trent Williams and Debo being out hurts, but their defense is healthy and they look terrible. Yeah, and the Bengals have been struggling and they, I mean, it looked like Prime Burrow and Chase against them. So, you know, it, it, it was a great week for the Eagles. It really was in terms of just getting that win in Washington and what the rest of the league did. I mean, we're clear. We're clear juggernauts of the league right now for sure. And, you know, obviously, I, I don't want to talk too early, but, I mean, we're in the driver's seat for home field, right? Like, we have it. We have the start we wanted. Obviously, that Jets game sucked. Seven and one. Let's get that one seed. We know how important that first week buy is. We know how important home field advantage is. Let's keep it rolling. Let's not let up the gas. Let's keep it going. Let's clinch that one seed. Um, so just some honorable mentions that I had. Uh, Sidney Brown, dude's just everywhere. And he had that huge hit on McLaurin, but he also had multiple big hits that game. I'm so excited for him, man. I, I really think he has the potential to be like a B-Dog 2.0. Obviously, expecting someone to be like Dawkins is kind of ridiculous. But, I mean, the way he just flies over the field and hits people, it's awesome. He's a beast. He's everywhere. I mean, he's actually ever, and it took him a while to get him like in the rotation. But like they, I think they love him. I think he probably loves being out there because he, he just flies around the field, dude. It's unbelievable to watch. It's so fun to watch. It's awesome. Um, just a few more fans. You know, as we expected, home game at FedEx Field, but it's it's just awesome every week. Like it's an away game, and all you hear are the birds fans. Like the skins will make a play, and you'll hear like a tiny little roar, and the birds get to stop the next play, and the stadium erupts. It's it's just really cool. And, uh, yeah, I, I mean, we talked about it already, but I had to shout out Devontae Smith, even though I gave A.J. Brown the winner. Seven receptions, 99 yards, and a touchdown. The two, the, the two things I'm really impressed with, eight targets to A.J. Brown, eight receptions, seven targets to Devontae Smith, seven receptions. I mean, can't really ask for more there. No, you can't. Well, thank you, everyone, for tuning in to another episode of Broad Street LinkedIn. This is Reed on with Griff. And make sure you turn in this week, huge week, for our Dallas preview. Uh, we'll obviously have your Lincoln Financial Locks in there as well. Um, and as always, go Birds. Go Birds.